Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. Today's show is brought to you by Cave Social. Cave Social is a marketing agency based out of Los Angeles that helps your business grow online. So if you're feeling stuck, feeling like you can't grow, head over to www.cavesocial.com, hit that contact us, get a free consultation and see how they can help you out. All right. Today, today I'm sitting with Faisal Subliban. He is an executive in the travel industry, particularly for Bonatel and Internova Travel Group. Really got a breadth of experience. He comes out of Harvard and gets into the travel industry and is now, you know, built up companies that have been sold. He's now working to really innovate the travel space. So if you're in the travel space, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, I'm sitting with Faisal Subliban. Welcome, man. Hey, thank you for having me. So you have a couple roles. I know you're, you're SVP at Internova Travel Group, and then you're also working in one of the, which is, I guess, a subsidiary at, at Bonatel. So tell me about you know your journey into both of these roles, and then we'll jump into some questions. Yeah, I've been with Bonatel and in the travel industry now for just about 10 years. Uh, I actually used to be in the finance industry. I was graduating from grad school at Harvard. I was going back into finance banking and I had known the CEO and founder of Bonatel and the family. So he had two daughters that I was friends with and him and he had to have the company for probably 18 years at that point. And so he had reached out to me and asked if I, he was 64 years old at the time and asked, if I'd have any interest in moving to Las Vegas and helping him run this company, I had already had another job. So I was just kind of like, hey, this could be a free trip to Vegas. And it happened to coincide with my 30th birthday. So I said, yeah, I'll come meet you. I uh, went out there, met with him. He gave me a very compelling offer of what he was trying to do. Just wanted somebody who was young and innovative uh, to kind of step in and, and help take the company to the next level. So after I graduated, I immediately moved to Las Vegas just kind of work my way up as his right-hand guy about two years into working with him in a VP role. Uh, I took over the company as the president and he was a CEO. And then subsequently after that, I led the sale of the company to the Carlisle Group, private equity company, at which time I became the CEO of Bonatel. So I've been the CEO of Bonatel probably six years now. And you know, we recently, two years ago, sold to a large travel private equity group called Sitaris, who owned a huge travel services company called Travel Leaders Group. Uh, they've since rebranded as Internova Travel Group. And essentially, they own over 60 businesses, You know, do tens of billions of dollars all over the world, 65,000 agents. And so recently, after the restructuring, uh, I moved up as the SVP of the Internova Travel Group of the hotel division. And essentially, we've merged the sourcing teams, technology teams, and sales teams within Bonatel there. And so Bonatel is also a separate entity in and of itself, a business. And so still maintain my role as a CEO of the company there, but we're leveraging assets across the hotel division through for Internova as well. Very cool. Yeah, blending both worlds, and I'm sure getting that added muscle only helps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, sure. I mean, well, now we're like centralizing, you know, buying power and, and those sort of things, so that 
you know, we truly can provide end-to-end solutions for our hotel partners and also the agents and end consumers. So it, it's really a big machine now, but something that was long overdue. And when you look at that audience segmentation, right, between consumers, agents, and then hotels, where do you all really, I guess, divvy up the marketing efforts? If you looked at a pie chart, what would you say is the where you put the most effort? It's a multi-step approach. So one part of it is you have to market to the agent because you have to create awareness. And so if you look and you want to book, let's just say you didn't want to book it on your own, or you're coming from Germany to Las Vegas, and you didn't know where to book, what to do, you're going to lean on a travel professional, a travel agent to kind of guide you through what to do. So the reason why they're still relevant and actually becoming increasingly more relevant again in the US is that that trip is very different if you're going with a significant other or your buddies or your family with children. And so you want to have that knowledge on the ground. And you know it used to be, and some consumers still do this, you'd look at over 33 websites before making a booking. You know, now people want instant gratification and just want to know. And so that's where leaning on a travel agent is relevant. And so you, know, you have to ensure that the agent is cognizant of the property, the destination, the offers in place so that they very quickly can then advise the end consumer. Additionally, you know, you have to target the end consumer to, to create awareness. And so if you look at platforms such as Instagram, I mean, it, it really just shows the democratization of travel simply because you're constantly seeing places all over the world and getting an inside lens into it. And that awareness, then you know, that you may not book tomorrow to go to Iceland or something, but it's top of mind because you've seen it so many times, you know, in different platforms and areas that when you do want to go on a vacation, hey, I have 10 days, I'm gonna look at going to Iceland. And so you have to balance both. One hundred percent. And I think too, you spoke a little bit, well, you touched on it, but really looking at, you know, your buyer personas too is yeah, there are people out there who are gonna spend 40 hours looking at the best, you know, planning their own travel and they like that. But there's other people, there's CEOs who they work all year. And when it comes time to their vacation, the last thing they want to do is use the mental power. They want to just put it into trusted hands and say, okay. Here's like a funny story for you. So uh, we deal with a lot of executives, a lot of executives in travel. And you know, what ends up happening is, you know, a lot of them say the wife will call them like for their vacation and say, let's go to, I don't know, St. Bart's, you know, and they go, I don't want to have the responsibility of that because if I screw it up, it's going to ruin the whole trip. You know? and that's, <laughs> where, that's where having that person, that additional level of accountability and planning and somebody you could hold accountable uh, is very helpful to kind of buffer having to be the one that, that's putting it together. That's funny. It makes complete sense, right? Look at the inner dynamics of the actual experience. Oh, of course uh-huh. you didn't book that right. I told you, I told you to book it three months ago. And if you would have done that, it would have been available, you know, that sort of stuff. Right, right. <laughs> that's funny. Talk to me, right? At this time of recording, we're sitting in, still in quarantine, you know, COVID is still very real. Uh and hampering a lot of travel. I guess, talk to me about using this time to innovate and what does innovation look like for the travel industry moving forward? Yeah, it takes many different forms and there's so many elements of it that are still yet to be known. But I think forever, the way that we travel 
you know, in any near term future, I guess, is going to change, you know, and knowing that you have to accommodate accordingly. So there's a, a subset of travelers who the minute they're able to leave the country and go somewhere, they don't care. They're going to go fly the same, don't care about any of the stuff that's happened. But there's a huge subset of, of customers and travelers that you know, are going to want to know information and they're going to want to know, you know, what procedures and safety procedures are in place, sanitation procedures are in place when traveling and understand what is being done within those destinations. And so, you know, when you look at innovation, it's really kind of understanding that the customer demographic and needs are going to evolve and therefore you have to accommodate them. So, you know, from our side, you know, one of the things that we've done is obviously revenue essentially almost goes to zero at, at certain points. It's now ramping back up, you know, and it, it's a reality check around how you can streamline your business. I mean, we are managing a business with a significantly less staff and increasing and tweaking new automations in the way that we work. Whereas before, you know, we'd have all these operational efficiencies and things we'd like to implement. And, you know, you're always chasing revenue and prioritizing those initiatives. And we never have had the time to just pause and just look at, hey, this is a completely inefficient way of working. And, you know, one of the things, you know, that we've, you know, we've challenged ourselves with in the executive team, you know, our executive team is, okay, everything's kind of destroyed, like the standard way of working. If we were to build our competitor today, what would we do? And then you just reverse engineer from there. And, you know, there's so many things, if you actually analyze your business, that you do that make no sense at all, just because you've always done them. And it really hasn't been a huge problem to have to go back and address it. Or the people that are leading that segment of your business, you know, just haven't been able to think about implementing change or innovation. Whereas, you know, if you were to start your business today, you would never do it the way you did it or, or are currently doing it. And so, you know, when these things come, it's critical that, you know, that there's some businesses that, you know, are ridden with debt. They don't have liquidity they don't have capital behind them and you know they basically they basically lie to themselves that the party's going to keep going forever and never prepared for something happening and nobody could prepare for what has happened now but at least in some way shape or form having a contingency plan and you know you can either sit there and cry about it or use this time to reset and you know it, sure it's not easy when revenues get chopped you know, people get laid off, furloughed across the entire industry. But, you know, therein lies all the opportunity. And those that are using this time to actually work, improve their process and innovate the way that they have structured their company and are approaching the market will come out of this and ramp up very quickly. You know, those that are sitting at home crying how bad it is or, hey, I have all this time. I don't have to go to the office. I'm going to watch every movie on Netflix and I'm not going to do anything but sit around and be lazy and complain about everything or drink or whatever. They're going to be significantly behind or left in, left behind entirely. Yeah, there's a, a book by uh, Damon John, the founder of FUBU, called yeah. The Power of Broke. Yeah. And it's all about, uh, you know, innovation comes when your back's against the wall. And, the, you know, you can either fold or, or fight out of those corners. So, um, which I, I love that that mentality. I also think it's interesting when we look at the travel industry and things like, a lot of times, innovation, people think in grandiose terms, right? We think Facebook's innovation, Google's innovation. But I was speaking with a hotelier, you know, about a month ago, and he said, he said, we took our coffee machine and put it behind 
the desk. So now there's one person who wears gloves who pumps the coffee when you walk in the front door instead of yeah. like one that everyone touches. Like that's innovation, right? It's not it's not sexy. It, make, it takes many different shapes of forms. And, and I think that that's where people get seduced into when I innovate, however simple that may be, they get seduced into saying that's not relevant because I didn't disrupt the industry, <laughs> you know, and, right, and that's right. not what it's about. And sometimes, you know, you don't have to knock it out of the park. You can hit doubles all day long and make a shitload of money, you know, within your industry. And that's okay too. Well, 100%. And I, I, I really like what you touched on there about like hitting doubles because so many businesses and people focus on, I want to make this grand slam play, grand slam play, instead of just exactly consistently picking up base hits, right? Yeah. And doing those little things and making those little adjustments, which then really speak to the whole. And I think the travel industry, particularly the hotel industry, is a fine example of that because you really see the top end hotels and the attention to detail, right? Moving yeah. the notepad and the pen a little bit and yeah. doing these little things that might seem inconsequential, but when you add them up. Or like the remote control, like the remote control. I mean, just think how disgusting that thing must be inside of her. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Um, it's, it's fascinating. And I think there's a lesson there for business owners and marketers listening to this is like, don't get you know overly consumed with making the grand slam switch. Sometimes you have to, of course, but really look at what are those little tweaks and, and ways that we can build new systems. You have to like pivot your business. So there are people who are manufacturing clothing that have pivoted and are now making masks, you know, like that, that wasn't an opportunity before. That's where you may be in a completely different business vertical, but you know, you, you basically change your business model accordingly. Yeah. And that's, you know, you got to do to make ends meet and you're seeing, uh, you're seeing a lot of true blooded entrepreneurs who are, you know, saying, well, we have this material. Exactly. We made t-shirts yeah. before, but now we're going to make masks or we made beer before. Now we're going to make sanitizer and really hopping on the opportunity. Now, yeah. you're shifting gears a little bit, right? You know, I can sense the fire in you. You got it. You want to go after it. But how do you really pass that on to your team and really instill, you know, that growth and, you know, uh, that growth mindset in the in the team to make sure that, you know, they're helping push things forward? Uh, you know, it comes down to your leadership. And I'm not, I'm not going to lie and say I've gotten it right all the time. But you, you can't just instill that fire. It's either people come and want to be a part of something that's bigger and then you have to create and paint the vision around it. But somebody is either motivated around wanting to do more or they're just lazy POSs. I mean, you know, we've seen it. Like you have people who you know, are working on, there's limited staff and they're taking advantage of the situation. And really, you know, now that you, you downsize a little bit or adjust, you know, they're getting called out you know, on it. You know, and people think, you know, this is something that I always say, people think they're always going to get away forever hiding something, going half-ass, you know, blaming somebody else. At some point, your shit's going to get exposed. And that's when you're going to get caught with the hand in the cookie jar and they'll be like, whoa, whoa, what? Why are you firing me? You know, that sort of stuff. So, you know, it really, it really is, is that you have to bring in the right players. The culture is critical. You have to instill that within the culture. And you know what? Like everybody makes mistakes hiring and you just have to move fast. But I think if you lay out the expectations from the onset, are you know vigilant in ensuring that you know th everyone is adhering to you know the path forward you know you start to chip away at it and there's roller coaster rides with everything but 
you know, you have to lead and manage your way through it. But you know, for, for, for us, it's just, you know, when you know something's not working, you got to just move and adjust and that's okay too. It doesn't mean that everything has to work. Yeah. I feel you on that. And it comes to that whole like higher, slow, fire, fast. And trust you know, me, my, I've, I've failed it both before. So <laughs> <it's okay>. likewise, <laughs> likewise, there's been certain, certain staff members I should have let go, you know, six months to a year sometimes before yeah. I, I did because yeah. you keep thinking well, something's going to change. Well, you hope yeah. it's a lot of hope. And you know, it's so funny because when I speak to people or give guidance and advice, it's like, or even a lot of my team, like, I don't work on hope. I hope this works. I hope here, but sometimes you even catch yourself. You're hoping they change. You hope that they are going to do better. You hope that they get it. And really you're just lying to yourself. 100%. So critical when it comes to, to, to team building. Yeah, man. So talk to me, I guess, before I let you go, what's next? Is there something that you're excited or you guys are rolling out or is it just, you know, trying to wait out the storm at this point? No, I mean, we're definitely not, we're not sitting and waiting on the storm. I mean, we are moving at an extremely fast clip to, you know, restructure and innovate our approach value proposition to the hotels uh, and, and making that crystal clear in how we do it. Uh, you know, having take out, taken over the hotel division recently, there's so much opportunity with billions of dollars uh, in revenue that is there, but really not in a real structured format in a unified message, both to the market, the agent and the traveler, and also the supplier. And so for us, I mean, we're, we're really focused on providing multiple demand funnels to the hotel to continuously bring the right traveler at the right time at the right price. Because we, we have so many different types of demand, everything from corporate to a leisure traveler, everything from somebody from Ohio to Germany. I mean, it, it's all over the place. And it's really segmenting and, and understanding with our hotel partners where they need to demand and then pulling that demand lever. Very cool. Very cool. Well, before I let you go, let people know where they can learn more about you and connect with you online. Under Instagram, I'm under at the hotel boss. On Facebook, the same thing, the hotel boss. I'm on Twitter under Faisal Sublaban. LinkedIn's under my name. Company's Bonatel Exclusive Travel, bonatel.com, and Internova Travel Group. Com. Always happy. We're constantly provide, shooting content in different destinations, giving an authentic lens into destinations, hotels, and then you know reach out and we can connect you if you're looking to book travel with you know one of our you know thousands of experts uh, that that book and specialize in all different types of travel. Unreal. You guys got it. Go head over, reach out to Faisal, and they'll get you connected and get on your way and get you traveling. Thanks so much for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. That's it for the show. Hit that like, share, subscribe, and I'll catch you next time.